0: and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. So what
1: happened is, first we had the blast of the demand. People needed more. So we went from that Hey, I buy five sets a year to, hey, I buy 10 sets a year. Then we went to now we're in a global pandemic. So these factories can't have their doors open. You know, every country had kind, somewhat type of different, uh, obviously rules in place, but it became, you know, I can't have all of my workers. in. I mean, and most of them shut down, shut down for a certain period of time.
0: That's Matt Panagasser talking about the unique challenges with PPEs and healthcare clothing during the initial wave of COVID-19. We'll hear more from Matt in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. The journey from the new normal of 2020 to the next level in 2021 begins with measuring your progress and identifying opportunities for improvement. MGMA's new medical practice evaluation tool is a comprehensive web based assessment built around MGMA's practice data and body of knowledge. 2021 is the year to round out your learning and put our insights into practice. Visit MGMA.com slash M-P-E-T for more information. Our guest today is Matt Pennegasser, National Sales Manager at Scrub-In Uniforms. He's here today to talk about the medical apparel business and offer the unique perspective of providing healthcare uniforms and PPEs during the COVID-19 pandemic. Matt thanks so much for joining us today.
1: So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us uh, to get the opportunity to be on the show with you.
0: Now, you've got an interesting background here as well as your your company, Scrub In. You guys, as I was doing some research, you've been in the healthcare uniform space for more than 50 years. Based on what happened this past year, I would guess that it was a year unlike any other. So give us an idea just in a typical year we're going to get a lot into the the covid year but in a typical year what what does the business model look like
1: well once covid hit pre covid you know the the nice thing about the healthcare industry is it's it's really easy to track kind of uh, trends and tendencies so from a nursing standpoint the average nurse purchased about five sets of scrubs a year and the average would come up anywhere between 250 to 280 dollars a year on average um, is what they were spending Um, once covid hit what happened is we started seeing an influx of instead of buying five sets of scrubs a year uh, we were seeing nurses and doctors and other people start turning almost doubling that number uh, almost increasing it to close to 10 sets a year because of there was a lot of fear as you know what what's on me as I'm going home or how can I how can I be assured that uh, uh, you know that I'm safe with what I'm wearing so initially what happened is we saw this huge surge in people just trying to get their hands on on uniforms really really quickly and initially where the heart of our business the way that the scrub market works it comes through a good, better and best category. Your good products are your entry level pieces that are usually cotton polyester blends and from a top standpoint might start at around nine, 10 bucks and go up to 14. Your better categories are your poly rayon spandex blends. And now they've got stretch and breathability and they don't fade. And those start at about $15 and go to 20. You have your best categories. It's about your poly spandex and your bells and whistles. So pre-COVID, our market was always very, very heavily influenced in that better category, that second level. Well, once COVID hit immediately, everything flew off the shelves for all manufacturers. And we were seeing that trend where people were just doubling up on their buys um, because they didn't want to hold on to their scrubs quite as long. And we're initially, when it started, everybody was focusing on that entry-level type piece, that good category. As time has passed on, we're seeing them move back into that better category because they're realizing, hey, I still need to go to work every day. I want to wear something that's comfortable. I want to wear something that performs and and I feel good in. So, you know, no one was really ready for what happened because Mm -hmm. no one could have seen um, the demand that was created from it. But um, most people, most manufacturers have done a great job uh, being able to kind of shift you know with the wind mm-hmm. and and really look at their their production and their planning and try and get it back on track and there's still a lot of challenges going forward because we also know this probably won't be the new norm i mean we don't you know i'm not sure if everybody's going continue to buy at this level you know maybe when everybody starts getting vaccinated and things things calm down a little bit is 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 this a business model that you can forecast for for over the next five or six years so there'll be some challenges for sure
0: Mhm. Give us an idea then who who your typical market is then it, like who uh who buys from you and how, what are those relationships like
1: So really our our target is anywhere in the in the healthcare um the veterinary the human care uniform space. So what's great about we what we do is we're definitely known for all the scrub manufacturers that we represent. And we don't sell just one product. We sell every major manufacturer of scrub and lab coats and um outerwear and corporate apparel and PPE. And that's what makes it so fun is if someone has a uniform need, we can very, very easily address what it is. So if their front desk is wearing polos, we can address that. If their hmm. you know staff is wearing scrubs, we can talk to that. Their doctors need, you know, their doctors like to wear higher end scrubs and nicer lab coats. We can talk to basically everybody. So our business is super diverse, where we really try to focus on the human healthcare market, mm-hmm. and uh, and really talking with doctors and nurses and their staff, and and addressing kind of that frontline need. Um, we have the capabilities of really expanding our offerings to any type of need that uh, different industries might have or different uh, levels of uh, whether it's a veterinarian's office, an eye doctor, a, uh, a, a orthopedic. Uh, um, a dentist. We've got mm-hmm. something that in the uniform space that can be addressed.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned the term there, PPEs, and I think like a lot of Americans, <laughs> when when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, this term was being used in the mainstream media. I think it's been around, obviously, in the healthcare world for, for years and years and years, but uh, it was new to a lot of people. So. Give us an idea, what was it like in those early days when we were hearing these incredible shortages in PPEs, what it was like in in your world and the people you were talking to? Sure. So what happened
1: initially, we're we're relatively uh, new to the PPE space. Um, We have some long-term relationships where historically when customers would come to us, and be on the lookout for PPE. We had these relationships where we would send them, you know, to the to the partners that we that we were uh, that I referenced earlier. And then vice versa. If someone went to them for uniforms, they would send them over to us. So just as it's kind of our really luck had it, um, we began conversations with this company early last year because they were needing some additional help. Um, with their PPE offerings and, and being able to take it to market. So they had asked us if we had had an interest in, in, in helping. And this was before we knew anything was coming up. Um, obviously, fast forward 45 days later, the whole world's on fire with a need for, you know, whether it was N95 masks or level one or two or three or four isolation gowns. And what happened to kind of to your reference, I mean, as everybody starts researching PPE, there was a lot of just not knowing what was needed. So what we saw in the marketplace was a lot of people purchasing products that weren't necessarily calling to what they needed. Um, They were overbuying. And we saw a lot of gouging and we saw a lot of that happen. You know, instead of we always view ourselves as as being consultants and it's our job to be very consultative and, and to educate our customers and to make sure that they're getting exactly what they need. And what we were seeing was um, a lot of gouging on pricing, you know, N95 masks was one of the big ones. Um, we actually do not sell N95 masks because of the volatility of the price. Because what happens is, as we tried to negotiate pricing, it was all over the board. We'd get one, one batch of masks at, at a certain price offered to us, and then another one at, at a completely different price. And we were seeing swings from anywhere from $3 and up. I mean, it's six dollars in some cases. And what happened is we made the decision as a company to not get involved with the N ninety-five mask just due to the fact because we couldn't see any pricing consistency and we didn't want to take advantage of any of our customers. You know, how how horrible would it be during a pandemic that you just bought a mask from me, say for five dollars and two weeks later we're selling that mask for, you know, 350. Mm-hmm. So it just created a lot of problems. Not only from a sales standpoint, then everybody started to try and get into the game. So people that didn't necessarily understand the marketplace and what was going on were trying to just capitalize and and, and just bulk up on product. So it took a little bit of kind of getting used to. I don't think we're completely in the clear as it is right now, but um, you know we really kind of set our goals as a brand as to how how we want to represent ourselves in the market with PPE and our goal is is really talking to that mgma customer and that mgma member and really being able to offer them a product in a non-standard fashion a lot of times when you order isolation gowns you'll get a price quote and it says hey you need to order 500 of these gowns to get that price or if you need, uh, you know, latex gloves, they'll say, "Great, you can order these gloves, but you need to order five thousand of them."
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: what we did is, our model was even before this happened was we wanted to individualize those types of units. So wherever we possibly can, we break them down and get them into individual units, so that we're not trying to take advantage of the marketplace or or penalize a customer for not being able to purchase five thousand of something. So it's definitely uh, been a challenge. Um, You know, we think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We've seen a lot better supplies of disposable surgical masks kind of come into the marketplace and we're seeing quicker turnaround times on isolation type gowns n 95 still remains a challenge. And and I think uh, hopefully that starts to loosen up a little bit, but, you know, again, it's another one of those situations, like we mentioned earlier with the scrubs, it's, 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 very difficult for these manufacturers to forecast what happens beyond mm-hmm. 2021, 2022, 2023. So we've just got to be ready to be nimble and into uh, to move and adjust as needed and, and be able to service to the best that stands and reflects what we stand for.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you and I talked previously and you were telling me about some different key stress points that were taking place during COVID. You said COVID created stresses in production. In delivery times, you talk to me about ports. I, I, these are things I wasn't even thinking about. I mean, I should have gone. Of course, it wasn't all manufactured in, you know, Michigan or Iowa or somewhere. Right. I mean, yeah. this is—we're talking a global business here. So, give us an idea. Then let's let's just break those down. Uh, do you want to start with the ports, or where's the best place to begin when you kind of think of? Or is it? Do, should we start actually with the production side of it, and then work our way down what it actually looks like from, you know, where it begins to where it actually winds up on on you know in somebody's body when they're in the in the clinic there. Correct. So
1: uh, let's start from the production side, and we're going to talk. We'll talk in two terms: pre-COVID and post-COVID. Okay. So pre-COVID, what it was for us is we we thrived on um, really delivering. Uniforms, let's. I'm going to say from the scrub standpoint first, because that's that's the more challenging model before pre COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So, our goal was to always deliver an embroidered product in five to seven business days. So, and where to put that into perspective, the industry average was about almost six weeks on an embroidered good. So, our goal was to be we want to be well ahead of. Of the game when it comes to our competition, when it comes to being able to deliver a product in full on time with a logo on it. Now, once COVID hit, from a scrub standpoint and uniform standpoint, and you know most of these products are made overseas. Um, a lot of them are made in, in in Asia. It depends on the certain fabrications and where it's coming from. But South America, Asia, some some Turkey, you know, your India, you're you're talking. that's all over the charts. So what happened is. First, we had the blast of the demand. People needed more. So we went from that, hey, I buy five sets a year to, hey, I buy 10 sets a year. Then we went to now we're in a global pandemic. So these factories can't have their doors open. You know, every country had a somewhat type of different, uh, obviously, rules in place. But it became, you know, I can't have all of my workers in. I mean, and most of them shut down, shut down for a certain period of time. Okay, whether it was two weeks, whether it was two months, um, you know, production came to a complete halt. Then as we start understanding what's going on with the virus a little bit more, then the manufacturers are like, "Okay, we can reopen our doors. But just like in a hospitality type of an environment, it was on a controlled percentage basis. So it might have been, hey, only 30 percent of your employees are allowed back into the facility at this time. So that means 30 percent of the production is only being completed. Okay. So, so now you can kind of see where we've been, our doors have been shut. Now we're back in and we're on a skeleton staff. So we're, so we're starting to get farther and farther and farther behind. Then as they finished completing their, you know, the the process, that product needs to get to a boat or to a plane. Well, then there were issues with how we're getting products delivered from the manufacturer to where it needed to, where its point of origin was going to be. And then to make matters worse as time has gone on, now what's happened is with all of these log jams in these places and manufacturers that haven't been able to to manufacture their goods at a a consistent basis, what they're used to, now there's a huge log jam because not as many boats are going out of the ports. So now what we're seeing a big issue with, a lot of the manufacturers are starting to get somewhat caught up, but now we're having issues where boats aren't even being able to get into the ports. And if they are, there's so much that's in the ports at this moment that it's taking a considerably longer amount of time to be able to get that product in through customs, out on a truck and then ready to go. So it's almost the, you know, the perfect storm or the perfect pandemic storm had been created. And now what's happened for us is we've, we've seen our average turnaround time go from five to seven working days to 10, 10 to 14 working days. And we're proud of that because that's still well above the industry average because everybody else has suffered on that a little bit, too. But then we also created some safeguards to, uh, you know, to keep us in that five to seven working days on certain products.
0: Hmm. Wow. That is <laughs> that's that is interesting um, and challenging. So I do want to ask you about that then. So I'm I'm guessing you you guys have really built out a supply chain that is top of industry, so to speak. You're talking about hitting those goals of the embroidered, logoed uh, scrubs five to six days there on the normal basis. Um, had you built out a, a crisis management plan or any kind of plan where when the <laughs> when things hit like this, so you are able to be nimble and flexible? Or what, what have you, if not, what have you built since then? So in case God forbid, there's another uh, pandemic on the horizon, something else like this.
1: Well, luckily, what we were able to do, um, even pre-COVID, it was, it was something that we, uh, you know, we, we live off of that 80-20 rule. <laughs> so we offer over 45 different brands of scrubs and 75 different styles of lab coats. But out of those 45 different brands of scrubs, there's probably only seven or eight styles that that you see the big beef of the, uh, of our business come from and in certain colors. So we have created a quick ship program where we take our top seven uh, or eight styles of products. We take them by skew. So it's very, it's very finite. Like it's, it's, it's so unisex top and, and a woman's top and, a, and an entry level you're two or three entry level brands. It's, it's uh, you know, a men's and a women's top and a pant, you know, and the other ones. But it's a full collection of products in, in a limited color range. So in black, navy, pewter, and royal blue. And what we do is we stock over $10 million worth of products on our own shelves. So we just go heavier with those items. So that way we can say, and then what we do is we work hand in hand with the manufacturers to let them understand and know, this is our go-to product for you. We call it our quick ship program. So what we're explaining to them is, hey, we're gonna support you bigger and deeper with these goods. We need to be able to have access to it. When our, when our shelves start to deplete a little bit to a certain point, we need to know that you have this product for us because we're going to hang our hats on being five to seven business days, um, you know, with these goods and the program has worked flawlessly. So what's, what's nice about it is I can offer somebody, um, you know, 45 different styles that they can work from. And it could be in the question that we always like to ask is what's the most important thing for you and for your, for your employees? Is it quick turnaround? Because if that's the case, let's focus on these products here or is it offering an availability? And if it's, if, Hey, we want to have, you know, the 32 flavors, no problem. We have that for you. But then what we want to make sure that we do is really set the expectation of what sits behind those 32 flavors. So, Hey, we're looking at potentially 10 to 14 business days. And again, we're so fortunate because we are far, far superior to what the market uh, takes to takes, brings to people now at this point, when it comes to terms of delivery, Um, you know, we do very, very well and we're very fortunate. And, you know, we like to think it's just because of the plan that we put in place. You know, if you fail, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you were talking about how the volume went up, like a nurse or a, another uh, healthcare worker could get, you know, five or so scrubs a year that got ramped up to 10. Did your volume go up overall then? Or what, what has your volume been like in the last year of the kind of product that you guys have been moving?
1: yeah i mean just you know just sheer when you add add to the mix you know we, we've been very fortunate where our we've seen a, a much increase in volume and um that's also creates challenges too right you know because we want to make sure that we're sticking to our standards of you know the customer service and and in delivering in full on time so we've been fortunate you know you hate to be you know when a pandemic hits it's one of those things that it's tough to, to be talking about how successful that we've been or how fortunate that we've been with sales, but you know, we've provided a need to the marketplace that we, we have. We've been very, very fortunate with what we've been able to deliver. And it's also taught us you know, really how to, how to get nimble very, very quickly and make sure that we prioritize what are the core values of our business and, and then how do we keep those intact as, as things start to increase and, and start to explode.
0: Now, I, I know you guys work closely with MGMA members. You were talking about the MGMA members uh, previously, and I, I'm curious what those conversations were like um, during the, the the most critical point of the pandemic. Um, was your phone ringing off the hook? I mean, wh- what were those conversations like uh, as far as people needing uniforms, needing PPE needing everything out there. I mean, we saw it in the media. I'm just wondering what it was like at Scrub Inn and what it was like for you guys.
1: Well, with MGMA um, specifically, you know, what had happened is when we when we launched our our partnership uh, program last year in January, um, it was announced in in. It was amazing. We had immediate and instantaneous feedback and registrations, um, where people were very, very interested in learning about the program and and what we were doing. Um, once COVID hit, once March kind of hit us, things rightfully so went very, very quiet, mm-hmm. and we really tried to put a hat on where we didn't we didn't want to be we didn't want to try and capitalize. We wanted to come across as as we're here to help. So if you need something, let us know. Um, the feedback that we had the first few months, honestly, was it was earth shattering. Um, you know, MGMA members trying to understand are we going to be able to keep our doors open and what can we do? And there were, I, I'd say, out of the the registrations that we had that put their their or basically put their bills on hold. Probably sixty to seventy percent of those are, you know, hey, we put it on hold due to COVID. Our offices are closed, so this was obviously the early part of the pandemic. But there was just a lot of doubt, you know, where or, are or, or unknown. What are we? What are we going to be able to do? What can we do here? Uh, we don't know what's happening, and and it and it it I I you know it's scary still talking about it. I mean, you hear it, and you know, I mean, everybody was just not sure. There was just so much unknown that was out there. So then, as slowly but surely, I don't want to say that you know, tons of confidence was, has been built back in. But as people started understanding how to navigate with the virus and what the the quote unquote new norm looks like, then it really kind of became that education process of okay, okay what can we do, right? You know, so for example, with PPE level one and level two isolation gowns, we were seeing people going in. And trying to buy level three and level four gowns because they felt that it was more protection. And really, what happens? It becomes level three and level four isolation gowns are for basically uh, uh, operating room procedures that have heavy, heavy, heavy volume of fluid. Um, so it's not really applicable to an orthopedics office or you know that's that, that's just kind of a general office or an in and out. So our goal was to really educate. And, and what we wanted to do was say, let, let's let let us let you know what, what we offer, okay, and why do we offer this and what do you need?
0: And that went from
1: a PPE level where we were discussing masks or whether we were discussing face shields or, or isolation gowns or gloves to scrubs, you know, and that was a big conversation. I mean, as I had mentioned earlier that the average um, buy went up, you know, where people were wanting more scrubs more often. So then it was, let's just explain and let's let's talk through that. Because in some cases, it might not have made sense. In some cases, it does make sense. But it's our, our priority is to consult first and foremost. And, and then it's almost like taking the pieces of the puzzle and seeing where we fit in and where we make sense. Okay, this is how we can help and we can assist. So we really wanted to kind of alter our thought process from being very, let's you know sales now to let's get you educated on what you need to have and if we can help you we're here to help
0: mm-hmm. do you have a specific success story or an anecdote you could share with us then of communicating with a practice where you you did help walk them through help them get what they needed
1: there's, there's quite a few. I mean, where the, as I had mentioned earlier on the isolation gown type of a deal, that's um, the one that sticks out of my head the most. Probably I, I did that at least seven or eight times where it was, Hey, we need, we need level four gowns. And I said, okay, well tell me what you need those for. You know, why, why do you, why do you feel that? Tell me, you know, tell me what environment you're looking to wear these, where are you going to be? What's happening? And then basically we're able to kind of talk it backwards and then it's just sharing with the information with the manufacturer sharing, Hey, this is how they explain how it works. This is, this is why it's done this way. You know, and it, you went from being, well, I don't need a level four. I need a level two or I need a level one. And that's now you're, you know, you're talking anywhere from four to $9 a gallon at that point. And, and then it was, well, you mean? I don't have to buy 500. So there was, it was just more of an opportunity for us just to make sure that that gouging that happened in the market wasn't Mm -hmm. happening. And, and that going forward people had a better understanding of, of here's what I need. So comments that we had quite often is after, after portals would get set up, employees would get on and start using it and they saw the ease and the simplicity of it. And as well as then the education process that went out to it. I mean, we heard very, very often, you know, why, why didn't we do this earlier? Why didn't why didn't we do this quicker? So it's it's a great testament to our team and the behind the scenes that go into what we want to try and accomplish for MGMA members, Um, and that's some of the best part about it is is that the your fellow members can really attest to how the program works and how simple it is and and the experience that they have with it.
0: Mm -hmm. What was going through your mind then when it was at that most critical time and and we were seeing just these horrifying images of, of clinicians and healthcare providers who, they, they were literally taping up garbage bags and hand sewing just cloth, different types of cloth to cover their faces. And this is your business, and you, which you do an amazing job of providing for people. And you're just seeing people in this critical situation. What, what did that feel like just watching that?
1: We needed to help. You know, I mean, I think that's the time where everybody kind of, you check the ego as a side and, and it's, okay, how, how can we help? And that's really how we took it. What we, want, what we really wanted to be super sensitive about um, was the message that we were coming to market with. We did not want to come across as, hey, we're trying to capitalize in a pandemic. What we wanted to come across is as, as these are the resources that we have that we can help you with. And we went and we used our existing relationships that we have with key manufacturers, both from the scrub side, from the lab coat side, even from, and then from the PPE side, to make sure that we were giving ourselves an opportunity to get the products that were being needed. And, and that more importantly, that our pipeline was ready too, because there was such a, such a crazy demand so early on and so quick. I mean, it's the first time that I can ever remember we had a we had a month when we said we don't where's is, where's is the product? I mean, some key core items that we are never out of, you know. And I said, so our owners and and our executive team did an unbelievably great job of just making sure that they leveraged the relationships that they've created in over fifty years of being in the space um, that we got access to the goods that we needed so that we can get them to to the MGMA member. That we were able to deliver in some some way, shape, or form with what was needed in the marketplace.
0: Mm-hmm. From as a final thought, then what what have you guys been doing? And I don't know if you've been partnering with other people in the industry or across healthcare, but um, for some, some sort of crisis management. So if we're ever faced with this, how are we as a as a nation, you know, better prepared? So we have those frontline workers with enough equipment, enough uniforms, everything that they need to keep them safe. So then they can, they can meet the needs of those patients they're meeting with.
1: You know, I think a lot that's important is, is, you know, planning, planning for that, that future. And it kind of went back to the, that eighty twenty rule that I was chatting about with our quick ship program. I think the more that we can lay your hat on items that you, that, you know, are what's driving business and what people want, and stock I don't want to say stockpile those goods, but but really have the right amount of inventory on those on those items, but then have a plan in place it's instead of being you know a thirty or a sixty day plan it's we need to be doing a better job forecasting 120, 180 days out. And making sure that we're that we're covered up to that point, and that's exactly what we did with that type of a program. So at least if this happens again, we can sit back and say, okay, here's what we have for you, and this is a steady stream of product that's coming your way for the next six, seven, eight months. Here's the education is massively important. Being educated on the product and knowing what we need and knowing you know when and where to use you know different items is, is super super important. So I think the more that we can have the known products that are true and trusted, and that's what the marketplace is calling for and needs to have, we can have those on ourselves, and the more we can continue to educate and provide that service, you know, I think the the sting of it is is very, very heavily softened
0: uh, if we go through this again. All right, well, Matt, thanks so much for joining the show today and for sharing these insights with us.
1: Uh, I appreciate you guys having me and we're very, very thankful and grateful to be a partner with MGMA and all of its members.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Matt Panagasser. You can hear more thought leadership insights at MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Pathways Conference in May. For more information, go to mgma.com Com and thanks to MGMA for sponsoring this week's show. MGMA's new medical practice evaluation tool is a comprehensive, web-based assessment built around MGMA's practice data and body of knowledge. Visit MGMA.com slash mpet for more information. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover, or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe, and thanks for listening.
1: Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com membership.
0: Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. Analytics today.